imagine for a second that you landed the new job or you got that promotion at work or you lost the weight that you've been trying to lose or you redid the room in your house that you've been putting off for so long or what if you got to take the vacation imagine yourself sitting on a lawn chair sipping a drink looking out into the beautiful ocean and just relaxing or what if you found your dream man you've been wanting to go on dates but you've been so scared sure enough it just happened you feel in love you feel secure in yourself damn you look good well friend what i want you to know is that there are good news ahead this month i am hosting a workshop it's called stop sabotaging your goals in this workshop we're going to be exploring what comes up in your head what negative beliefs are there and we're going to learn how to dismantle them and how to overcome them because when we stop sabotaging we achieve our goals and sometimes we just need some support and a plan that works time and time again so those goals of a new job or losing weight or redoing a house or taking a vacation or even finding our dream man is possible i would love to invite you to attend this is on january 29th at 12 p.m and it's only $47. But good news is that until January 23rd at midnight, there's an early bird special of $37. So I encourage you to click on the link below, sign up, and attend this workshop. It is gonna be an incredible two hours of transformation, of skills and awareness. And you're gonna leave feeling inspired and leave feeling ready to take action. Take action to achieve those goals of yours. So simply click on the link below and let's make these dreams, these goals a reality. Welcome to episode four of The Responsive Women. This episode is all about regulation. We want to say that we can stay calm during the holidays, that we can be this fun, bubbly, happy, joyful self, but for some of us, that isn't the reality. And I'll admit for myself, I get overwhelmed from time to time and my buttons get pushed and goodness gracious, I even become that Grinch, that version of myself I so do not want to be. But the good news is that our holidays don't need to end in disaster and don't need to have us be overwhelmed and snapping at things. We simply need to be taught tools to regulate. Or that might mean calm down, find your center, experience calm, or whatever you call it. During this episode, I'm chatting with Liz Higgins. She's a relationship therapist and a coach, and her specialty is helping individuals and couples learn how to, how to diminish reacting so they can relate. Because when we're overwhelmed, we're stressed out, we're not able to think about what we want to do, we're not able to communicate effectively, and the reality is we're not able to relate with our loved ones. Often we might be causing them hurts or snapping in ways that we don't want to. So she's here to talk about this, and let me guys, let me tell you, it is an absolute treat. This episode was so much fun to record and just learn from her. Her wisdom is immense, and the gift of her knowledge to you guys is going to, I hope, impact you greatly. And for a little fun bit of this as well, we talked about not being sure if this was episode three, four, or five, and we thought maybe episode five. But one thing that Liz talks about is having flexibility. So if you have signs or you think things are going to go a certain way, 
I thought this was going to be episode 5, but because of events or things happened with schedules and things like that, it's actually going to be episode 4. And I thought, goodness gracious, why? It's not 5. I had 5. What about 5? Well, the really fun part is that this is actually getting released on December 5th. So we have pieces that come together for us, but sometimes we don't actually know what those puzzle pieces are actually going to point us to. So having flexibility, having curiosity, and having trust in ourselves that we can handle whatever comes our way. That's what Liz is talking about in this episode, and uh, I'm just really excited for you guys to listen. So grab a coffee, grab a notebook, or just sit back and relax. This episode is an absolute treat. Well, this is episode three or four or five. I'm not sure what it's going to be yet, but we are recording. That is how life goes. Sometimes you record and then you figure out the order of things as they go. Um, I know, I'm like, you're making me feel so normal right now. You don't even know what episode this is. Great. Maybe, maybe it's five because I'm looking in your background right now and you have a book that has a big five on it. I so do. Maybe we'll go with that. It's going to be episode five, all of you. Um, Fine. I don't know what it is. Yes. This is how I roll. I want you guys to know that I roll with like, however I'm feeling and thinking. And sometimes I'm not all put together, which is okay because I'm human. Um, But we are blessed with Liz and she is going to be talking to us about tools to regulate, tools to calm down, all of that, because we all need it. I'm included over here. Um, we all need it. And so if you're like, oh no, I'm all supposed to be put together all the time. I'm just going to tell you to drop the act because it's not going to get you anywhere and recognize that you're human and recognize that you have needs. And you also have women around you that are listening right now, as well as women in your life that have been in your shoes before and are in your shoes probably currently as well. So we're not alone. And Liz, I'm so thankful that you are here. Liz is a relationship expert, both in the therapy world, as well as the coaching field. Um, This is her specialty is relationships. And I am deeply thankful to have you here. Um, So I'd love for you to just introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit more about who you are. Yeah. 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 And thanks for having me, Lindsay. And we're already off to just a really comfortable start over here. Cause it's like, yeah, okay. Hashtag normalize, right? Life is chaos right now. And I was telling you right before we got on this call, it's like, uh, I had um, a million times over the weekend where I had planned to sit down and kind of pan out. All right. What am I going to bring to this conversation? What, what, what questions should we go through and, you know, pr- prepare. And I'm like, what is preparation in the life of a crazy, busy millennial mom, entrepreneur, therapist, (laughs) like there's no time. So we're going to drop the act. I love it. I'm here. here. We're just going to be real and have real talk. And I love that because I think it is what our world needs more of. Um, Just honest, honest, true coming together and having good conversations. And um, yeah, so to answer your question, yes, I'm a therapist. I'm a couples therapist in Dallas, Texas, and I own a group practice. We are called Millennial Life Counseling. And really the core of what we do here is help this generation cultivate epic marriages, relationships, and lives. And we love everything to do with how to have healthy relationships, relational wellness, and just knowing how to take care of oneself 
from a relational place in this crazy big beautiful world that we live in together so that's what I do in the therapy world and it's absolutely crossed into my coaching endeavor where I really focus in on helping entrepreneurs and business owners develop this relational part of themselves because there's just something so unique about that area um, and, and that career path that people choose that is so beautiful but also really brings up a lot of invitations for personal growth and I think the entrepreneurial world is really good about personal personal development and the individual's journey in that. But how do we stay relational and really elevate our work relationships, our team relationships, and our personal relationships, our partnerships? So it really is what I love doing the most. And I'm excited to talk about that stuff with you today. Yes. Oh, I love that because at the core, we are relational beings. And when we're not relating well, we then invert to ourselves and we then put walls up and we block off people and it sometimes works. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, oh my gosh, to what you're saying, like, especially amidst the holiday season, we just get so activated and, and we're just in that zone of going, going, going Mm -hmm. that really what happens relationally is we're just reacting. We're just constantly reacting rather than relating, relating to each other, leveling with each other, being real with each other and honest. We're like you just said, behind a wall or doing reactive things. Absolutely. And for all you guys know, my company is called the responsive women. When we're reacting, we're not being those responsive women. And really one of the parts of the responsive women is this connection piece. And it's to be able to connect with our loved ones. And it's really hard when we're reactive to do that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Push those people away. We say hurtful things. We often regret whatever we did or say or didn't say. And our relationships suffer, which is awful. Yes, yes. And I think that somewhere along the way in our culture and our society, we kind of idealized this notion that relationships, especially intimate partner relationships, should feel easy. And that if it's the right one, that they should play out in very peaceful, calm, secure ways. And that's just not reality, you know? And that's like part of my cleansing from those belief systems has been a lot of different things. Some of which is like turning off shows and sources out there, social media ingestion that kind of perpetuates these ideas of perfection in relationship because they just don't exist. And so I think that we can talk about some ways to kind of tune into the realities. Yeah. The holiday season. Like, let's just be real. Sometimes the holidays suck. <laughs> really sucky. They're hard. They're overwhelming. And it's a time that I think all of us inherently want to enjoy. Yes. Like, I really do. I want to enjoy it. I have two young kids. I want to make memories with them of these fun little things that we do and create traditions and all of those things. But when I'm stressed and overwhelmed, that does not happen. Right. And again, it's like that, that 
juxtaposition, I guess, of how you think these things are going to go, even the fun, sweet moments that you put together for your kids or your family and the reality of it. Like went to this holiday event just yesterday, actually with my in-laws and some of my husband's family. And it was like, you know, the kids were so excited to go to this thing and we go, we show up and they did not like it. My daughter's like, the music is too loud. I don't like this. I don't want to be here. I want to go out there and buy stuff. I was like, what is happening? I'm like, this is not the you that was just pumped for the last week to go to this show. And now here we are and it's miserable. And what do I feel but myself sitting there holding my squirmy four-year-old who just wants to leave flooding, like flooding with my own stress, with my own oh my gosh, why did we even come? I didn't even want to do this in the first place. She's miserable. My husband is such a terrible person that he would want us to do this thing. And like the stories just start flowing. If I weren't a therapist, if I did not understand my nervous system, I would have been like the Grinch, you know, but when I love this, because what you're, what we've talked about that we want to talk about today is regulating right? Because when we don't, we're getting triggered. Your daughter got triggered by the noise. It was too loud. Her nervous system was like, ha, this is too much. I don't want to be here. I need calm. Absolutely. Well done. Like that's beautiful that she could recognize that, but she doesn't have all of that knowledge or understanding yet to be like, this is actually what your body is saying. And like, let's, this is what we can do because she needs to look to you for regulating, co-regulating. Right. But if we don't have that knowledge in ourselves, if we don't practice those same principles ourselves, how on earth are we ever going to be able to pass this on to our kids? I love that. Everything you said, I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. Because also what I've found through having my own children and being a couples therapist and relational expert or whatever coach, it's like, there are so many parallels that I see and, and feel so clearly now in parenting and then in marriage. And it's like, you're absolutely right. Like what an opportunity yesterday for me as her parent to help her learn to tune into her own nervous system, because those are skills that she's then going to take through her life and into adulthood and into her own relationships where she will have the ability to self-regulate because it's what she learned in in the relationship with me and with her dad or whatever. Mm -hmm. Totally. So one of the things that I was hearing you say was this word called flooded. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? I've even heard that. And I don't even have a definition of that. Like what is, how do you define that? So people listening can go, Oh, okay. I know what that is. Like, how would you define that? Yeah, well, I feel like I define it through more descriptions because being flooded is just really that experiential embodiment of a whoosh. It's a whoosh. And the whoosh can be physical sensations that you're identifying with there, like a racy heart. You just feel out of sorts. You are not in a balanced, homeostatic kind of place. You feel reactivity energy flowing through your body. Sometimes we can identify flooding as actual emotions. We might have 
the wherewithal in the moment to be like, I am so overwhelmed. I am so stressed or I am so angry or, you know, I think even with sadness and grief at times, people probably listening that have been through that experience know what it feels like to have that wave overcoming you of just emotional release. To me, that's what being flooded is. And sometimes we're aware that it's happening and other times it truly is a wave that we're kind of being carried off by. And it's not that we totally lose the ability to be um, responsive or accountable in those moments. But I think it's really important to know, which is really your expertise too, Lindsay, um, what's happening to us in those moments and that it we're not meant to be perfect and perfectly responsive in those moments because yeah we're having a strong emotional or physical sensation that's happening yeah and if we ignore those feelings which I talk about or this experience that's coming up it's really your body probably trying to communicate something to you something that your subconscious part of your brain has has awareness of which means your body's in control there but your mind is shut off and what needs to happen is we need to have some awareness we need to start to tune into what's going on those feelings those sensations anything that's kind of going on and figure out what that awareness is so our mind can become aware and actually put those puzzle pieces together to figure out what is going on to make absolutely yeah yeah and you know being being a relational therapist I have learned a lot about relational trauma and just the significance of our life from birth up through the formative mid-20 age range when our brain is just developing, developing, learning, growing, receiving, encoding information into our nervous system. Like it's so incredibly important because another piece of the flooding that I was talking about or the whoosh that I like to call with clients, the whoosh often does connect back to just some of that earlier encoding of how we learn to respond or react or protect ourselves relationally. And so that's where I can never ignore the beauty and the importance of like the family of origin work and really understanding your own relationship style, relationship template, because it is part of your unique origin story and it does color how you react to stress in stress um, with a partner and all of those things. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So when we are flooded, we have this thing and let's talk about it in terms of sometimes, I mean, cause flooding can be negative or positive, right? Like we can get flooded yeah. with amazing, wonderful things too. Very good. Sometimes we can also get flooded with more of these challenging, difficult experiences, correct? Yeah, yeah. And that's where I think relationally, the the more challenging ones I would almost say are probably the more vulnerable ones. And so relationally, it's like, you know, we, we need things in place to really explore those in a safe relationship. We need to know that we can trust somebody else to hold space for us. We need to feel respected, feel safe. And so I think that's worth pointing out too, because you're right. It's a lot easier to share the positive floodings, which is a very good thing to practice. Mm -hmm. It can feel a lot harder to stay relational when we're feeling the difficult ones. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. So when we are experiencing those negative ones, what, what do we need to do to help? So we can 
stay relational with our partner or whoever those people are in our life? How do, how do we maintain that? Yeah. Well, like I'm having to do it right now. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, there's a freaking lawnmower outside my window. And I'm just so self-conscious that it's going to ruin the audio of this whole episode. So I'm like, I'm just breathing over here to start. Cause I feel my little heart going. I just want to go out there and like say some things to the lawnmower guy that just, I see him and he has no idea that I'm in here, what I'm doing today. But, um, it's a delicate practice. Let me start by saying that. Yeah. And really, is this like terribly loud? Can you nope. hear it? No. Nope. Oh, perfect. Then I'll continue. <laughs> Which I would argue one of the points that I teach my clients a lot is ask questions instead of assuming. You are assuming that I can hear it and it's totally distracting and ruining the podcast, right? Yes. And like, so you're having that in your head the whole entire time. And you just asked me a question. Can you even hear this? And I was like, no, it's totally okay. Like, is yeah, that you know, that you have? <laughs> yes. I was going to say, right. When you said that, I'm like, okay, I almost feel my body settling into my chair a little better. And that's where there's no other way to explain this, except that when you take on this path of, I'm going to learn to be just more just healthier in my relationships and my interactions. It's literally a minute to minute practice sometimes, oh, yeah. right? Oh yeah. So yeah. We, <laughs> we have to like definitely um separate from that notion that we ever arrive <laughs> because we don't. Yeah. We're always constantly putting this into practice. And I I love what you said. So asking questions, right? But you your question was in the moment, what do we do? And maybe this is a good point to kind of go into the differences between like self-regulation, which is in yourself by yourself and then co-regulation, which might be a more relational thing to do with somebody else to help you get more balanced or whatever. But I, I do believe that we need to cultivate both skills. And for me, it's, remaining conscious because let's be honest, our nervous system holds a lot of the unconscious and subconscious drives that we learned, like we said earlier, long, long ago for protecting ourselves, feeling safe and all those things. So it's a very good thing that we have that. And a great first step really is doing something in yourself, like taking some deep breaths, maybe sitting down, maybe scoping out your surroundings and just noticing, I think as humans, we're so quick to go into judgment, even of ourselves. Yeah. It's like, you know, pump the brakes. We're not going into judgment. We're going into curiosity. What is coming up for me right now? Mm. That's a great starting place. I love that. The, I need to write that down because that is so good. If we can stop and just be curious. Mm -hmm. It allows our brain to focus on something else. It allows our brain to feel open right? mm -hmm. to possibilities rather than if we're not curious, we jump to, like we've said, those assumptions and we jump to that fear driven, I need to keep myself safe kind of thing. And we're then single focused. It's, I just need to survive. I need to just do these things. And sometimes that's not the best thing actually for us in that moment. but if we don't open our mind to it with that curiosity piece. Exactly. Which is going to be single track right there. 
Right, right. And, you know, I think especially in relationships, we get um, hung up on this idea that we can go learn all the best communication tools and skills and things that we actually go into relationships doing differently, but we have to acknowledge there is actually a part of your brain that doesn't want you to be relational sometimes. And that's where I think people listening may know what I'm talking about when it's like, you're just so mad or so tired or so X, Y, Z that like, no matter how bad you wanted to go be the best partner or best parent, you would not be able to, right? That's being flooded, right? That's being in reactivity and there's nothing wrong with that. But we have to be accountable to ourselves to, as adults, like name that and acknowledge it and own it. And I love that because so how, how, how I often talk about it is I talk about that's when we go to that survival part of our brain. Yeah. And there we have three skills, fight, flight, or freeze. Mm-hmm. Those are the three skills. We do not have the skill of relating to people. That is a skill. Communicating is a skill, like acknowledging what's going on, acknowledging your feelings, acknowledging, like being able to manage those difficult feelings. All of those are skills, but you don't have that skill when you're in survival, you have fight, flight, or freeze. That's it. Yeah. And so what do you tell your clients to, to do or to cultivate when they are in fight, flight, or freeze? Yeah. So this is what's so fun because I wanted to ask you and I was like, zip your lips, Lindsay, don't say what you, yeah. I'm so curious. <laughs> it's the same. And it is the exact same. It's regulation. It's mm-hmm. the part of the survival part of your brain is asking the question, am I safe? And how do we answer yes to get out? We need calm. So it's regulation or it's calm, whatever you're going to do to experience calm, yeah. calm strategies, coping strategies, whatever word you guys want to use use like, that's what you need to do. You need to cultivate regulation, cultivate calm, cultivate relaxation, peace, calm, comfort, whatever that word is going to be for you. That is what you need to stop flooding or being in survival or stop reacting. Whatever the word is going to be that makes sense for you, find what that word is. Cause it's just, you need to cling on to something to be, ah, this is what it means for me. So I love, I love hearing that it excites me because it's like, yes, you know, no matter what kind of therapeutic framework we're coming from, like facts are just facts. And with the nervous system and regulating just those initial next steps of find calm, find centering in yourself is such a great place to start. And I'm glad it's congruent. You know, I think from like a relational perspective here, it's important to like point out too, we all have different attachment styles, you know? And so some people who are flooded or are in stress or really activated or whatever may feel more of that propensity of like, I need somebody, I need somebody right now to help me not feel this way or feel better or calm down or whatever. And then on the flip of that, you know, there might be people that based on their attachment history and their attachment style, their MO is to distance, is to be like, get me as far away from everybody else as possible right now. I don't want to talk to anyone. And just honoring that whatever you feel is your um, MO or propensity there is good to name. It's good to know. 
right? Because we all have our history and we all have our attachment style. You still want to then, based on wherever you're kind of coming from with that, learn on cultivating more of this practice of really um, self-regulating a little bit and then turning to a relationship to maybe co-regulate or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that makes sense, but I just think it's important to point out because that's definitely a factor when we're in this place too. Oh yeah. I mean, I think about myself last night, we, I grew up in Waukesha or in New Berlin, Wisconsin, which is really close to Waukesha. And I don't know if you knew about the parade. Yes. Right. When you said that, I'm like, oh man. Okay. Yeah. And so my brother lives in Waukesha. So I quickly texted him and I was like, are you guys safe? Cause they have little kids. Like, were you at the parade? Right. So what happens? I got flooded with my emotion of worry and concern. I dropped my survival and I noticed in the physical sensations, my heart rate was boom, 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 boom. Right. That is what happens. And so, and it was close to bedtime once I was like finally trying to figure out some of these things that we were going to do and like checking off my brother and things. And so I'm in bed and I'm trying to go to bed. And my husband's like, your body is hot as can be. And like, you cannot sit still. I'm feeling your energy off Mm. of you. And he's like, what do you need right now? And I was like, I first was like, I'm going to self-regulate. I don't need you. That's what I did because that's my attachment style is push people away when Mm -hmm. I need help. So I was like, nope, no, thank you. Push them away. And I was like, I'm going to do my deep breathing on my own. I know how to do it. So I'm going to do it. And he was like, okay, honey. He's like, your body is still really hot. And (laughs) like your heart's still racing. I can feel it. And I was like, stop it. Like, stop telling me because that's not helping me either. But he was like, can you just let me help you? Like, I want to help you right now, which was, he wanted to help me co-regulate and it was really scary for me to let him in. And so he was like, why don't you just lay on my chest? Cause I know that that really calms you down because I then get to hear his breath and it helps me mimic my breath to his. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what we did. And, and, and then I, when he's like, okay, are you good? Do you want to like, and I was like, no, I need this a little bit more, <laughs> but it was like, ah, oh, this felt so good. And I like actually invited him in. To yeah. Help. Um, okay. Like- that's amazing. And, and at the risk of, you know, not trying to be too intrusive to your personal life, I just like want to ask, like, what kind of work did it take y'all as a couple to get to that kind of place? Because that's a beautiful example of some solid co-regulation. And it sounds like you have a partner that has either learned or has been very attuned and like aware of how this process can go for a couple relationship. And I know not everybody can be that way that you just described so easily. It really is a practice that you cultivate together. Well, I think what we had to do is we had to figure out what does work, what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't want touch at all, even though that is something that it sometimes calms me down more than anything. Right. But then sometimes I'm like, ugh, I don't want that. So it's communicating with each other and saying, it's not that I don't love you. It's not that your touch is repelling me or repulsive to me. It's that mm-hmm. right now, for some reason, that's not calming me down mm-hmm. and like assuring him that it's not his fault because that... <laughs> has always happened. Like there's many times. And then he takes it personally because Mm -hmm. we want to help our loved ones. We want to be there to be supportive, but when they fire back, we think, oh gosh, it must be all my fault. 
sometimes it's not your fault. It's just that what you were trying to do wasn't helpful to them in that moment or they didn't want it. Right. Um, and so it's also asking, like he had to ask me last night, do you want me to do this? And I, I stubborn wanted to do it myself first. I did. I was like, no, I can do this. And then I did. And then I had to get to the point of, okay, I think I need your help, but I needed to get to that point because that felt the most comfortable to me. And then when I was at that point, I knew that he was willing and offering. So then I could say, okay, yes, now I'm ready. But if he went in right away and was like, no, come over here. Come like, I'd just be like, no, mm-hmm. like, and push him away. Um, so there or, is, or like you said a minute ago, Lindsay, like what he did not do as far as like, from what it sounded like from how you described it is he didn't start personalizing what was going on with you. He didn't start to make it about you. And that's a really common thing, honestly, to happen in couple relationships. But when we can get out of that kind of meaning making that, oh, they're not letting me in because of something I'm doing or not doing and don't personalize it. There's a lot more opportunity to be like really flexible with each other. Yes. And like you said, I mean, <laughs> curiosity, right? Yeah. Be curious. Yep. See, it's not me. Okay. What else could be going on? Allow right. your mind to ask the questions. Hmm. What's missing? What could be helpful? What's like all those different pieces to let your mind start to see that there's other possibilities. We don't take that blame, that guilt, that shame on ourselves. Right. I just love how you described that. I'm like, how beautiful. And there's research and studies that show, I mean, they've got like couples hooked up to the monitors and all that fun stuff. And it's like when partners come together and can share in those kinds of interactions where there is real physical co-regulation coming on, which can even just be like a hug, a hug for one minute. It regulates your nervous system and it helps you get to a place of calm and centeredness. And so never minimize the power of a hug with your partner or sitting together at the start of the day with a cup of coffee, connecting a little bit through conversation before the craziness of the day begins. Like those moments are really, really, if I could think of any like tangible takeaways from this, it's like, continue to do the things throughout the holiday season that work for y'all. <laughs> y'all, there's my Texan coming out as a couple. <laughs> um, for me, it sounds so basic, but that's definitely one of the things because we have toddlers, our life's chaotic. The days blow by with a lot of stressful moments in between. And so we kind of try to make a commitment to start that day with really calm, centered, connective time, putting the phones away. And we try keyword try to end them that way too, but it doesn't always happen because I'm usually pretty exhausted. And, uh, but, but it is a really important lifeline to our relational security and health to be able to have that time together and lots of hugs, lots of hugs. Mm -hmm. So hugs are one, what are other ways to connect in those ways and find that together? Yeah. I, I mean, I love the example you actually used, which may sound unique to listeners. I don't know, but like really just honing in on the breath of your partner, breathing together. People feel like at the start, I think that's kind of awkward. Like, what do you, why would you do that? But try doing it. It's cool. It feels good. And 
you know, it even fosters just more of that connection between the two of you in other ways too. So I love that. Um, I never, I never ignore the power of like what a shower can do for somebody. (laughs) There's something to the water. And I've heard so many clients tell me this before too, that for them, this might be individual or together, I guess, whatever, whatever you want to do, but it's like the water on your body also helps you just center and kind of rebalances your nervous system and all that kind of stuff. For me, water. I legit yeah. get reset. Like totally. I get literally be like, this is washing away everything. Yeah. And also it like allows me to cry. If I really need to cry, I actually go in the shower because the water it's like, well, there's water. Mm-hmm. I'm surrounded by it. So the tears can come too. And it's just, it's where I finally release a lot of times. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. And, um, I don't do a whole lot of yoga these days, but I did practice it pretty regularly for a while. And I have to say, it's amazing. I I feel that I notice the difference in myself when I am and when I'm not. And, you know, yoga and just kind of the deep stretching movements um, do so much in this way as well. So I don't know, those are some of of my go-tos, but with you being the expert on the nervous system stuff too, I think um, you can tell some of your favorites. (laughs) That one, I think what I encourage people is find what works for you. Definitely. So if you're someone who actually hates taking a shower, don't do it. Right. Like don't, even though Liz is like, it's amazing. There's so many benefits. If you're like, Mm -hmm. what is going to happen is that flooding or that survival, that overwhelm is just going to get bigger and you're not going to release it. You're not going to get out of survival. You're not going to stop flooding, like whatever it is, you're going to be more stuck. So find what works for you. And if something that you do and it works, like you said, like there was this release, this like, ha, like I notice a difference when I do it. And when I don't do it, Mm -hmm. if that happens, (laughs) those are probably really go-to things that actually work for you. So if you want to create this routine and the structure around it, go for it. Or if it's like, I just need to do it when I'm noticing that I need it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do it then too. Like whatever's going to work for you. Um, but do what works for you. Do not do something just because your husband said this is supposed to work or your friend said this, or you read this in a blog or you saw this on a TikTok. like whatever the heck it was. Like, if you're like, I don't think I would like that. Don't do it like at all. I, I just love what you're saying there because I think in our world today, and I mean, you know, I'm kind of in the realm of millennials where it's like, man, we've grown up in the digital age and there's just information overload. And you can go out there and find so many resources that are going to tell you the three top things you need to do to de stress this holiday season. And they might work for you and they might not. And I think, again, we've gotten really tied in overdrive to looking externally for these answers. And of course we need to go external to learn and to explore new skills and stuff. But what all of my training and teaching and learning and all the tens of thousands of dollars I've spent on trainings and all sorts of things, it's like, boom, bringing it all back to yourself, trusting the inner voice And just like you said, finding what works for you, which won't be something you can find in one blog post out there on one day, you know, it's, it's the journey. It's the journey of learning and unlearning 
things that maybe don't work for you, what does work for you. But I love what you're saying about like, if you notice that you're not your best when you're not doing X, Y, Z, maybe that means something. Maybe that means that's one of your things that works. And so for listeners, even, you know, tuning in in this moment, it's like, check in with yourself. Like, yeah. What's the first thing that comes up right now when you think about what are my baseline things that I need taken care of to kind of feel like I'm maintaining myself (laughs) emotionally, mentally, relationally. When I think about a client of mine right now, swimming is her go-to. She's like, when I can really swim, I, she's like, it's like I get, she's like, I'm just swimming and I don't even realize, but I'm breathing in deep ways. And she's like, I don't even have to focus on my breath. I'm just focusing on swimming, but then my breath comes actually naturally. And so that's why she loves it. And I was like, I love that that's how it works for you. Like that is where you can experience that in that way. It's not focusing on breathing. It's actually doing something else mm-hmm. that allows your breath to happen. But if you focus on that breath, it actually overwhelms you, but you know that you need the breath. So she found her roundabout way kind of to do it, which I think is wonderful and awesome. But she's like, if it comes to a day where it's been really stressful with my kids and then I have to get them dressed and ready and get them sent, or we've just been battling a sickness or a cold or this thing. She's like thinking about going and swimming is like, I kind of dread it. Like, I don't really, it's just a lot more extra work. And I was like, on those days, don't do it. (laughs) Don't give yourself permission to not. Yes. But on the days where you're like, oh, this is going to be good. Like, cause then you'll go and you'll enjoy it. But if she went, she probably wouldn't enjoy it. And it wouldn't even experience that calm for her. And it doesn't mean that that thing doesn't work for her. It's just in that moment, it's not working. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. I always encourage people like have a toolbox of what your calming strategies are, like recognize what ones are going to work in these days and what ones aren't. And if this one doesn't work, well, go to another one, try something else. That's wonderful. I love that. And and you're really helping her develop just trust in her intuition. I know this works for me sometimes. And I know what it feels like when it's not the right time to pull on that tool that works for me sometimes, (laughs) you know, I think that's so freeing because then, yeah, we're not married to this rigidity about it. Um, And especially in relationships too. I think I, I hear people sometimes say it's like, you know, I want to know the three things I can do in these moments. And it's essentially perpetuating. I want to be a fixer. I want to know how I can jump in and like rescue or fix or do for you. But, but really it's so much more about like, take the suggestions in that you hear from your partner and wrap it in the truth of curiosity, flexibility. This will work sometimes. It may not work other times can we remain kind of receptive to each other and and trust each other that we can stand up for ourselves and in our own nervous systems and meet each other in a safe space, you know, and trust that we will communicate what we need to each other. I think that's the big thing too, getting out of that notion that we should know, especially after we've been with somebody for a long, long time, that we should know what they need because we may not, it could change like our needs change daily or our likes or dislikes. And my husband would be like, we're having this for dinner. I'm like, I don't really want that. I want something else. Like I'm just not in the mood for it. Yeah. Our moods change. It's Mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. It does happen. Yes. (laughs) These are great thoughts. I think to take into the holiday season for sure. 
When I love this. So what I'm hearing from you and what I want, what I want to encourage listeners is, is these three pieces, these three words that I really heard. And I wrote down because I was like, they're so good is one is curiosity. Mm-hmm. Ask questions, try different things. Think about what could be missing. Think about what you could learn. Think about all of those possibilities that could be happening. Two is flexibility. Recognizing that things won't always go as planned or will work every time perfectly. Um, Especially when kids get sick or the turkey gets burnt or the snow all of a sudden is coming or a flight gets delayed or all of these things that happen. Flexibility can be a really powerful tool to help us. Yes. And then lastly is trust. Trust yourself to know that you really know what you need and want and desire and that you have the abilities within yourself. But also recognize and trust yourself that sometimes actually trusting your partner or those other people in your life can be just as fruitful. Trusting that they have your best interest in mind and that they want to help you in whatever capacity this holiday season, but really at any time of the year, um, they want that. And there's things that you guys can do to regulate. You could do things on your own to regulate, or you can do things with your partner to co-regulate. Yes, you got it. I love this conversation. Me too. Oh, it's so good. And yeah, I mean, I think that's where your gifts are. You have gift of curiosity, flexibility, and trust because that's what I'm really hearing from you is like true gifts that you offer. Absolutely. I encourage everybody listening to cultivate those practices and really, really hear me when I say these things are practices. We never arrive. We're never just perfectly this way. Right. And so, especially in parenting and partnership, there's just constant opportunities Um, so with that too, you don't want to be hard on yourself for not getting it right. Um, especially, you know, when we can do that thing where it's like, well, I listened to this podcast and I should be doing it all right by now. I mean, don't shit on yourself, right? Like we are fluid beings. We just got to roll with it sometimes and do the best that we can. Yeah. Well, so if people are really intrigued with what you're saying, because I want people to know listening, and I've said this in other times, I want you to find the approach that works for you. Someone whose language, someone whose style fits you. If Liz is someone that you're really drawn to and it's clicking for you, Liz, how can they get in contact with you? Because if your approach is sounding for them, I want you guys to go to her. Don't come to me. Go to her. I want you to guys have healing, restoration, and I want you to feel free of these challenges that you've had. Um, So Liz, how can they get in contact with you? Yeah. Well, as I'm thinking about the the holidays and the busyness and all that stuff, I do want to share with people that I'll be hitting up my Instagram here and there and just putting out some real talk, some helpful skills, some thoughtful suggestions for you and your relationships. And so if you want to find me on Instagram, you can um, search me at Liz T Higgins. Um, And then I've got a website you can find me at too, lizhiggins.co. And if you're in Texas, you can find me at millenniallifecounseling.com. Um, if you're in the market for therapy or anything like that, happy to help there, but I love being in this wide 
wide online world. And so Instagram, Facebook, all good spots to find me, follow me and just listen in for more. Yeah. I love that. And I'll put the links to all of those things, um, within the description of the podcast. Well, um, yeah, thank you for this. It has been really beautiful and wonderful and it's opened my mind up to see with curiosity and to just allow, I think I'm going to allow our conversation to really sink in throughout the day. I was just, wow, there was a lot of wisdom that you just shared. I love that. I love that. Just integrate. Yes. Feel it, notice it, see what comes from it. Thank you so much for having me.